This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We're going to talk about CDs today, when to buy one, where to buy one, and how to negotiate a good rate. But we also want to take your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. I'd like to start out our financial news in the news with a a bit of a gripe, and uh, it is a small gripe, but I heard an ad the other day that I think said something about, oh, Black Friday is not over yet. And I thought to myself, well, Black (laughs) Friday has not even started. So (laughs) I'm wondering if maybe we can work on coming up with a new term for the mega sales that now apparently will last through the entire month of November prior to the Christmas season. Uh, Nancy, any thoughts on that one? Well, we have certainly changed the way we're shopping, and that's what we have been seeing in the market as well, rewarding companies like Amazon. Um, I don't think that's going to change. I think we're going to see an increase in online shopping, and we have over the last few years seen that kind of takeover, so it's not uh, just one day. And certainly, we still have the virus that we're dealing with, so I think a lot of folks are going to be hesitant about crowding into stores. So Black Friday, I think we just need to ditch that term. You're right. Ryder, any uh, alternate suggestions for instead of calling it Black Friday? I mean, I think we can just call it, you know, shopping, um, uh, purchasing goods that are uh, made available for sale, uh, and it lasts all year, all year. Um, actually, uh, Liz and I had talked about this a little bit before the show because tomorrow is one of Nancy's favorite holidays. And I don't mean favorite holidays like she likes to celebrate it, but it's one of her favorite things to talk about. It is yeah. Singles Day. Is that right, Nancy? Don't worry, it she's is. not single. So for for our listening audience, she is not single. Well, um, Singles Day is um, based on 11-11-4-1s. Just a bunch of ones. Oh. Yes. Yeah, started by, uh, who is the guy? Is it Jack Ma that started it? Well, I think it started as like, you know, some university students in in china you know started celebrating it but yes jack ma with alibaba you know started making it a large online shopping holiday and it has really turned into a powerhouse of an online shopping holiday in fact it's much larger than our black friday ever was because there are more people there mm-hmm. so, what, the theory being you're a loser and single so go shopping online I, Whoa, I Kevin, harsh hey. language. <laughs> I'm single, so I, I, I felt I could freely say that. And I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying, is that the theory? Well, it, it sort of is. But, of course, like anything related to shopping, that has expanded. And uh, so now it's just everything's on sale. Everybody go by. And yeah. it has just become a big event. Yeah, it's kind of a, a, a treat-yourself day. Okay. All instead right. of instead of take someone out for dinner day. 
Uh, Nancy, any other financial news in the news? Oh, my goodness. Well, yesterday we had a really, there? I don't know. Yeah, really big day <laughs> on the market. And that was an illustration of how the market is just a forward-looking animal. It's all about what do we think is going to happen in the future. And so this big news about Pfizer and this vaccine on the horizon had everyone excited. Now, understand we are a long way off from being able to get out there and circulate and travel. But this is what the market was seeing, and they think there is light at the end of the tunnel. And so for that reason, we saw all of the investors who are flocking into stocks related to travel, hospitality stocks, uh, moving away from those that we've depended on, like Amazon and Netflix, and uh, they were going the other way. So that's just happens, and often there's an overreaction. As an investor, you just need to stay steady. Uh, Ryder, I'm wondering, uh, with uh, what looks like a, a change in administration uh, at the White House, uh, do you think that is any impetus to get a stimulus bill done before January, or do you think things will just hold off till uh, the new Congress is in? Um, that's a great question, and I mean, you know, somewhat clouded by a couple of things. One, there are still some runoffs to determine, uh, you know, the composition of the Senate, uh, but also just, you know, some kind of uncertainty over the, you know, the how smoothly the transition is going to go. Um, I, you know, we have heard, we did hear from uh, McConnell last week that he did, you know, he was open to uh, doing some more stimulus uh, by the end of the year. Um, I, you know, I think... You know, one one worry I have is now with kind of a vaccine news on the horizon, people are going to kind of, you know, kind of get their eyes going to, you know, go to something else. You know, they're, they're not going to be thinking about, well, there are still people who need help right now and who will need help until there is a vaccine and we are, you know, all safe and fully open again. I, but I, I do think there is some energy for it there. I, I just don't know, you know, what that ends up looking like, uh, you know, with this, with the current, um, with the current House and Senate. Uh, that's a, that's an open question. So Nancy, let's uh, start out basically, what is a CD? Well, CD stands for Certificate of Deposit. It really just is a bank bond. You are loaning money to the bank, and they are agreeing to pay you interest. There is a term of the loan. That's why you might see a one-year CD or a five-year CD. That's how it works. And um, for that reason, the the um, health of the CD, the how, how sure you are of getting that money back is related to the bank. And of course, we've got FDIC insurance. So as long as you're dealing with the U.S. bank, you're fine. Generally speaking, would the longer you invest in a CD, there'll be a better return on your investment? Generally, that's the typical thing that you would think. Uh, if I'm taking more risk with a longer term, that they should pay me more. But right now, we're dealing with very, very low rates, and Ryder usually has those at his fingertips. He doesn't <laughs> tell you what some of those are. 
Yeah, I would love to tell you what CD rates are right now. They are, uh, as you may expect, next to nothing. Um, what you do see a lot, and I do have some pulled up here, what you do see a lot with uh, CD rates is that, especially smaller banks and online banks, not only will they offer more competitive rates, uh, but they will also offer teaser rates. So while most of our local banks around here, I've looked around, are offering, you know, 0.05%, which is, you know, 0.04% more than they're offering on their savings accounts. But again, almost, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's zero for the next couple of years. But a lot of online banks, smaller banks, uh, newer banks, they're offering teaser rates, you know, kind of in any range of, you know, almost around three quarters of a percent is what I'm seeing um, in a lot of places. So, Ryder, with such low interest rates, uh, what is the strategy for someone uh, opening or investing in a CD? Um, well, the reason you invest, you put money in a CD, I mean, right now at least, is because you want the money to be FDIC insured and you do not need it, you know, over the next you know, couple of years, whatever the term of the CD that you pick is. You know, it used to be that, you know, it was just, it was actually an excellent place to go get extra interest. That's just, you know, your, your interest is not, the interest is not going to uh, bring you in these days. Um, so one strategy is think, you know, if I, you know, one on, on the timing, you know, am I going to need this money in one year, two years, five years? And if you do need it somewhere along that timeline, just, just pick the term that matches with your need, uh, when you need the money. Um, another issue is that if you expect rates to rise in the next few years and rates are at all time lows, we've been talking about rates rising for a long time. They kind of did once a couple years ago, but came right back down. Um, but if you believe that rates are going to rise in say three to five years, you might want to have CDs where you purchase them that mature in three to five years so that as those rates rise, you can take advantage of them. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're discussing CDs today. When was the first certificate of deposit introduced? We'll tell you that next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. The 
information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts or download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell, along with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Introduced in 1961 by First National Citibank of New York, now Citibank, the flexible CD enabled large banks to quickly and efficiently raise funds for lending. So the CD and I are, are the same age. Uh, so, Nancy, you mentioned that basically you're loaning the bank money, and it said something about uh, banks then turning around and using that money, I guess, to loan to other people. What else does a bank do with money uh, that they would that you're letting them borrow? Well, that's mainly what they do uh, because a bank is really a money store. You go to a bank to buy money so that you can buy a car, buy a house, uh, fund your business, do all those things. And they have to have money that they purchase at a wholesale price, which is the interest rate they give you on those CDs or on your savings or checking account. And then they charge more. That's the retail price for that money. And the difference between those two, the spread, is how they make a profit. In some cases, they may use some of that to um, purchase treasuries, paying something more than what they are paying you. Um, so, But mainly, it's just to lend it out. Um, Rodder, when you uh, open a CD, is it usually a fixed rate uh, interest rate, or is, is there such a thing as a variable rate CD? Um, most CDs are fixed rate, uh, but I variable rate CDs do exist. I have seen those. Um, I guess they're just a little less common. I mean, part of the idea with a CD is that you are, by committing to a longer term for your money, because again, CDs are competing with savings accounts. And savings accounts, those interest rates do change, even if they don't change that much because the bank knows you're going to leave the money there. Uh, but what you're doing is you're committing to a longer term. You're committing to putting your money away for three to five years, uh, and that's kind of the trade-off you make, and that's where you get the higher interest rate. Um, that's why I guess variable are not that popular, I don't believe. Um, so, uh, Nancy, is a six-month CD at one institution identical to another, or do we things like interest rates vary? Well, interest rates will vary, but you need to understand that it's very competitive. So, yes, you can shop around. And as Ryder mentioned earlier, sometimes the smaller banks, your community banks, um, are offering better rates because they're trying to attract deposits. They, they need that money in the bank to turn around and sell to people who are borrowing money from them. Um, so that's the only advantage you would find that some people like to shop around um, and look for special rates, but they're pretty going to be pretty close. Uh, so, Ryder, what is the, uh, I guess, is the six-month sort of the minimum uh, thing for a CD? And if so, uh, what would, where, how, how long can you keep uh, a CD invested in a bank? No, I've actually seen CDs uh, as short, I 
you know what? I believe I have seen TVs as short as a week. I don't wow. know that there is any point to those because you may as well just leave it in your savings account for an extra five days. Uh, but again, you know, you sometimes see that with promotional things. You know, again, it's a could have a promotional rate to really draw someone in because they think they're going to get five percent interest rate, uh, but it's only for a week, so it ends up being you know a penny on a thousand dollars. So you have terms that can be very short. I have seen them as long as, generally most banks, they end at about five years. I have seen some longer, but those are a little more unusual, uh, you know, say six or seven years. Uh, again, those are, those are a little more unusual. It is fairly standard to have, you know, six months, one year, 18 months, two years, three years, and five years. Uh, like Nancy said, it's pretty competitive, uh, but it also is a, it's a commodity, you know, because again, you're just putting your money somewhere for a little while. Uh, so the terms are fairly standard and comparable in that way. And we're talked about uh, that you can get one at a bank, but what other financial institutions would offer a CD? Well, um, we've had a change in the way different institutions can function in the financial markets. And um, the Glass-Steagall Act, which was a law that kept uh, some of those different functions separate, was repealed, I think, in 1999. And so that's why we've seen even insurance companies offering CDs. You can probably buy one from State Farm Insurance or some of those insurance companies out there. So they're all kind of crossing over and doing a combination of things. So um, it's not necessarily your standard bank, but there are other financial institutions that are functioning like a bank now. Uh, Would that include credit unions, Ryder? Yes, credit unions, you know, uh, again, offer very similar products to uh, just any any bank. Uh, and so, yes, you can get CDs at credit unions. And, and like uh, Nancy mentioned earlier, that's some of the places where you might get a better rate. Right, because, uh, I mean, they're created supposedly for the benefit of, of their members. So I would think that uh, they might be willing or able to offer a little bit better rate um, sort of as just the idea of what, what a credit union was created for. Exactly. They're, and their structure, you know, it's less about making a profit for them since, again, they are owned by the people who have accounts. If you have an account there, you're a member, you're an owner, it's all the same thing. Uh, so basically, there's a little less profit on us. So the profit is just your higher interest rate. Uh, Nancy, what about a, a minimum requirement for a CD? Do most uh, financial institutions want you to uh, deposit at least X amount of money in a CD? Well, it's common to see a minimum of 1000 but again, they can adjust that. You can see smaller minimums than that, but that's a typical starting point. And what about a maximum? Oh, you have something called jumbo CDs. And jumbo CDs, I'm thinking those are going to be over, I'm thinking it's 250000 And um, so anybody who has a larger amount they can usually command a higher interest rate on that. So, right. So we've said so far that uh, possibly a longer term or a more money invested in the bank, those would be the ways to get a little bit better return. And, and, and both of them, I kind of think, make sense from when we think about why the bank wants you to open a CD in the first place. Exactly. 
So, Ryder, we've used the term laddered CD on here uh, a couple of times before. Uh, talk about what that is or what strategy that is. Yes. Yeah, so laddering CDs is a strategy where, you know, particularly if you expect rates to rise, but you kind of want to maintain some liquidity in your account, you can break up, say, say you have $10,000 to put into CDs. Instead of saying, okay, the five-year CD has the best interest rate, I'm going to put all that into a five-year CD. And then for five years, you can't take advantage of a higher rate. Of course, for five years, you're also protected if rates go down because you will still keep earning that rate. What a ladder is, is breaking that up into, say, buying a one-year CD, a two-year CD, a three-year, a four-year, and a five-year. So every year, you have a CD maturing, and if rates are going up, then you can take advantage of that, those rising rates. And likewise, if you need some of the money, you can spend some of the money uh, because every year you'll have a little money that's kind of fresh liquid cash that you can uh, choose what to do with. Um, so, Nancy, uh, how frequently do rates on something like a CD change and what determines what rate the bank is willing to offer? Well, it's all connected to the overall interest rate in the country, and which is why we watch the Federal Reserve so closely. Um, what are the prevailing rates out there? Are they going to be lowering rates or raising rates? And so all of the rates on pretty much everything, CDs, um, loans, credit cards, all of those are connected to our overall uh, interest rate environment. Will they go up? We think we're going to see pretty low rates for an extended period of time. So a lot of people have been hesitating. I don't want to buy that CD because the rate's so low. Or they're being enticed to take more risk. Well, I'm going to invest in the stock market because look how well it's doing. Well, that's a whole different ball game. And so you just have to be careful and understand you know, we're all kind of connected together in this interest rate thing. And we do expect them to stay low for a while. So, uh, Ryder, what would the advantage be uh, for someone investing in a CD versus, we've mentioned a couple of times, just a, a regular savings account? Because, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, I think uh, the, the savings account interest rates are a little bit better. So what, what are the advantages to an investor of the CD? Uh, well, I mean, right now is a very interesting time in interest rates. They're just, they're, they're just so low. Um, so it's very hard to kind of say, well, in normal times, but in normal times, um, you know, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, then you would generally expect to see uh, appreciably higher rates on CDs. You would generally expect to, for it to be a good kind of trade off of, yeah, I'll lock my money up for a couple of years because I know I'm going to earn, you know, one or 2% interest um, more than whatever my savings account was. Um, another strategy, you know, sometimes, you know, we advise this sometimes for folks who just, you know, they don't like to have their money that easily accessible. Sometimes part of your financial plan is going to be make your money a little less accessible to you so you won't spend it. Um, and, and, you know, putting it in a, a CD where, you know, there is a penalty for withdrawing it, you know, before a certain time, you know, is a good way to make it just a little less accessible. It's just a little bit of a behavioral trick to do to help you uh, save that money a little better. And then also, 
kind of like I mentioned before, if you have a specific savings goal, you know, you're, you're saying, okay, well, I am going to need to replace my car in one year. I am buying a house in three years. And you just want somewhere to set that money where you won't have to think about it again. Stick it in a CD and it will be there. And then, you know, that, that maturity date, uh, it'll be back available to you then. I think you make a good point. If, uh, say, a, a, a parent or a grandparent wanted to start some sort of fund for uh, maybe a, a college student, but uh, were maybe a little bit worried about how they might dip into uh, a savings account, a CD might be a good way to, to sock that money away. Uh, Nancy, yeah. Nancy, is a CD sort of like savings bonds 2.0? Um, not quite. Uh, a savings bond is going to be loaning money to the U.S. government. Right. Okay. Um, and again, this is loaning money to a local bank. And generally, we think of treasuries as being the top as far as safety, um, because it is the federal government. And sometimes people will laugh when I say, oh, gosh, you're loaning money to the government. Well, if that fails, we're all in trouble. Um, but if we then look at a step down from that is a CD. It's a very safe instrument, uh, but it is a little bit different, and savings bonds have different letters and different way, maturities and different ways of function. We are talking about certificates of deposit. Are there too good to be true CDs? We'll tell you about that next, and we've got a caller on the line as well. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. Each week, we talk about ways that you can maintain a healthy lifestyle. You can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your favorite podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Radio's personal financial broadcast. Kevin Farrell, along with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. If you're promised above market rates on FDIC-insured CDs, make sure they're legitimate product, uh, products, because as we said uh, many times on this show, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. We've got some callers on the line, so let's start in Canton. Uh, Kay has called in today. Good morning, Kay. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. 
How y'all doing? Good. What's your question um, for us? Okay. I don't have a question about a CD, but I do have a finance type question. I own a home that was um, left to me by my dad um, out in Hines County and have been using it as a rental property. Um, because of the location, is kind of um, out in, like, the country part. It's not really bringing, like, a large, like, amount of revenue per month based on, like, fees and insurance and stuff like that. But I was wondering, is there a tool to use to determine whether it would be more um, profitable to keep a rental home versus to just sell it for the value and maybe put that money into, you know, a CD or something else, a money market account? Um, I'm going to jump in and say a lot of that depends on uh, the local market. So there in Canton, you just need to look at, especially a house that is in, uh, as you say, out in the country, how easy would it be for you to sell it versus how easy is it to rent it? And most of the time when people start talking about rental property, uh, unless you have just a particular talent and desire to be a landlord, I tell them don't. So you probably just need to investigate, can it be sold? Is there a market for it? Is there somebody interested in buying it? What would be the price for it? Now, there is a way to do math and look at, oh, if I rent it, maybe I get X number of dollars a month, and I can calculate how that works out to if I sold it. But I think for you, it's really just important to ask the question, would I be better off just to have this money in hand, and is there somebody who will buy it versus I can find somebody to rent it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And I'd ahead. like to add on to that, um, you know, if, if you still is or for, you know, for anyone else. Um, I believe we are working on getting someone who can talk a little more about, you know, what it is like managing re uh, rental property, you know, as an individual doing that for income, which might be useful to you. Um, I'm not sure what the plan for that is, but hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, but like Nancy said, if it's not providing a significant income to you, then it may not be worth having. Of course, there are some things you can do to look at that, you know, are you charging enough rent? Um, and Al, you said it is out in the country. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any projected growth in that area. Maybe you know, you know, with some with some tenant turnover, it could uh, be higher rent. Um, but it, it can be very difficult uh, to sell a house, particularly you know one that's been left to you. You know, are you going to have to do work on it to sell it? You know, what is it worth as a lump sum of money to you? How much could you actually end up in cash? versus what are you getting on a monthly basis. And look at that as a return. Look at that lump sum versus the monthly amount and say, okay, well that is a, you know, five percent return. And and if that's, you know, see if that satisfies. Uh, my very un unofficial uh, um comment would be as many times as on judge shows on tv you see disputes between landlords and tenants i would say you know part of the just getting rid of the headache might be worth uh, factoring in there as well uh, let's stay on the phone lines next we'll talk to luke in nettleton good morning luke you're on the air go ahead morning guys uh, my question simply is uh, i'm i'm a 30 year old uh, father of two and uh, i'm wondering what would be a good minimum amount to start with in a CD and what kind of terms I will call it uh, is there minimum terms or can you just leave it in there as long as you want to type thing and I'm gonna hang up and listen to you guys answer 
Thanks, Luke, for your call. Uh, that's a good question. Does it always have to be a predetermined amount of time? Nancy, let's uh, start with you. Well, I think for someone uh, Luke's age, 30 years old, he's got uh, children, he needs to first look at, do I have a solid savings account, an emergency account? And um, for someone in that age range, I would say he probably needs to have about five to $10,000 in just a basic savings account. And it's only when you get above that amount that you might start want to look at um, doing CDs or doing longer-term investing. And I would certainly encourage a younger person to first look at what are your retirement options, what are your um, investing options outside of that. CDs tend to be, uh, again, something for somebody who wants something very safe, and a younger person can take a little more risk as long as they have a nice savings account. All righty, we've got another call to get to, and this time it's John calling in from South Haven. John, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Oh, good. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. I'd like to uh, find out about the uh, passing probate with uh, CDs with multiple ownership versus pay on death. Um, and, you know, there's a limit on FDI insurance, $250,000. And um, that's my question this morning. Um, first, you probably, when you start to put other people on a CD, you give them joint ownership. And so that if something happens to one, it then is goes to the remaining owners on that CD. And some people tend to do that. Um, that's their way of parsing out to various heirs. And that person then takes ownership and will then um, have to wait until the CD matures. Typically, if you have a pass on death or transfer on death on the account with one owner, when that owner dies, then an exception to waiting till maturity is death. And that means that the heirs, the beneficiary on that CD can just show up at the bank with a death certificate and it's immediately cashed out without penalties. And that's typically the difference in those approaches. Um, the FDIC insurance is per person, per bank, up to 250000 And so for those who are concerned about that, often you can have CDs at different banks or some banks can actually um, access a system where those are parsed out to other financial institutions so you make the use, best use of that 250000 insurance protection. Okay. And Let me ask this then. On the pay on death, does that constitute a multiple ownership so that if, say, person A wanted to have $250,000 and a POD to person B, and then person A wanted another $250,000 with a pay on death to person C. Does that? No. 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 Okay. It relates, it relates to the owner. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, if I've got somebody with 500000 I would encourage them to place those CDs at different financial institutions to make the best use of that 250000 If there, If it's at Bank A, I've got 250000 at Bank A. If I have another one at Bank B, I have another 250000 insurance at Bank B. Good. Okay. Very good. Thank you. All right, John. Good. I just go ahead, Ryder. I just want to throw in there that a, a jointly owned CD uh, would not uh, go through probate either. So that's not an issue with any of those. 
but just do be aware that ownership is a legal structure and if that's not quite what is you mean to do then the the transfer on death uh, may be a more more effective tool so nancy we talked about teaser rates and the idea of maybe cds going on sale uh, how do promotional rates work is that you only get the amount of interest for the maybe the half of the term of the cd or how does that work exactly well, typically they offer a particular term at that teaser rate. And um, so they're trying to do what's called gathering assets. So a smaller bank, a community bank, uh, a newer bank starting up, they're trying to get new depositors and they need money in the bank so they can turn around and loan it out. And they will offer that for a particular time period. Um, I was traveling over the weekend and I passed a bank sign that said uh, Christmas savings account 2.25%. I just nearly hit the brakes over that one. That was a real surprise. But you will see that, or you will see them offering a special savings account with, oh, you have to have so many uh, debit cards going through that. Uh, you have to deposit so much going through that. But it's going to be limited to a certain time period. And the idea being is when that time period is over, they're going to go back to what are the competitive rates in the area. And they're going to hopefully get you to stick with them. Um, would the laddering uh, strategy we talked about earlier seem to go well with maybe these, these promotional rates? Yeah, that would be perfect. So um, if you have one of those teaser rates being offered, and you can use one term. So, for instance, if it's a three-year rate, well, that's my three-year CD. I'm going to take advantage of that. But I know that once that three years is up, I'm going to be dealing in a different environment. And now I have to make a decision about whether I leave it there or I go to a different institution. And, Ryder, what about odd month lengths? Is it always six months, a year, two years, three years? Can you invest in a CD for 13 months? Uh, yes, uh, I've seen 13 month ones. I've seen nine month ones. Um, they can't. There's there's no there's no rule saying you know you can't have a 367 day CD or something odd or weird like that. Uh, they often just land on fairly common things. But um, as far as odd month one goes, a 13 month is somewhat common. I have seen 27 month ones. 24 months, well, that's just two years, um, you know, two and a half year ones, things like that. Uh, they don't have to land on, um, you know, a round year. I've seen one month, three months. Um, they, can, they can be anything. They're just often uh, things that people are going to kind of, you know, be more attracted to. Uh, would there be any obvious advantage to an odd month CD? Uh, so sometimes they're actually very useful, especially when you're doing a laddering strategy uh, to kind of fill in some gaps. You know, say, you know, if you did most of your CD investing one month, um, you know, and you had some more money available the next month, and if you wanted it to mature at the same time, you would need an 11-month or a 23-month CD so that it would come do at the same time as others. Uh, so that's more part of your timing strategies, uh, just to make sure you kind of have money coming due every so often. Um, some people, I have seen uh, CD ladders which aim to have money coming due every month. 
I've seen them that have, you know, money coming every, you know, say three or four months. And so an odd, an odd month one may be useful as you're kind of filling that out. Cause you know, we're not superhuman. We're not opening our accounts, you know, within five minutes of another one closing things like that. All right. We've got a break coming up, but uh, time to squeeze a call in and we say good morning to William and Starkville. Go ahead, William. Uh, good morning. Uh, I wanted to know if there's uh, if there's anything unique about uh, money held by a trust. Uh, and I, uh, all I know is that it's a respectable and uh, uh, large uh, company that is uh, has a trust as part of its main part of its name. But I I parked a uh, hundred thousand dollars in in uh, this to that was to be used for an investment when needed by uh, another organization. And I just wondered, is uh, they have the use of that money until it is, uh, until it is pulled out by the, by the um, major point of my investment. Uh, and I just wondered, uh, wh what do they do with that money? Aren't they, aren't they doing what you've been saying and, and using money to, uh, to, to make money, to trust? It certainly doesn't just sit on it there. It's earning interest somehow and maybe making using it uh, to make its own loans elsewhere. I'm curious what they, uh, because the, the main thing is that I have to pay, a, I guess, about 100 or $125 a year uh, to maintenance fee or whatever it's called. Hmm. So, William, uh, is this an, some, an institution with the name trust in it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a uh, I don't know anything much more about it than, than uh, that. The, the name is Millennium Trust happens to be the Okay. Um, and so your account is not an official trust account. It's just that this financial Correct. institution has the word trust in its name. Is that what I understand? Well, I, I expect it's a real trust. I just had to park my money there for the investment so that it would be it be held in trust with this, uh, 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 with this institution until the corporation that I'm really primarily investing in calls for it or needs it or, or uses it, and it's apt to be there for a year or two, uh, maybe even a year, two, or three. And, uh, and so I'm curious why I pay uh, pay maintenance fee of, mm. it's about one tenth of a percent, uh, which maybe is therefore negligible. Why I pay maintenance fee when they are going to be able to? I presume they're being able to use that money, as you said, to buy and sell in the market and, and improve, the, increase their financial um, uh. profits. No, okay, I, I think I, I think I see uh, a couple things going on. Um, so uh, one, I would just say, just kind of word of caution, blanket for everyone. If you are sticking your money into a CD, you think this, is, you want it to be 100% um, safe. It is not at a bank which says FDIC insured. You want to ensure that this is uh, in an account which is FDIC insured. Yeah, um, I just suddenly realized a, a, that. Yep. Right, so that's going to be an important part of it. Um, now, since it is a trust company, um, I don't know exactly the structure you're holding it in, but they may be providing some kind of administrative sort of paperwork type services, and they may not be, um, it may not be that you are giving them, the, with a bank, 
you are giving the bank the money. The bank can go do whatever the bank wants to do with it. They can go loan it out, blah, 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 et cetera. With a trust company, I suspect the kind of mechanism that is, is going on is they're simply um, parking it in an FDIC insured institution or some other institution. They're not necessarily making money yes. off of that money. They're making money because they're providing the administrative services um, and charging you for that. Whereas a bank, a bank is doing a ton of administrative services for you, but they're making money off of your money, yeah. so they don't charge you that um, unless, you know, I mean, it does happen, but uh, they generally don't. So that might be what's going on. Um, I, I'm just not, you know, sure about your particular situation there. But that would be the difference between a bank and a trust company. Um, well, thanks for your, thanks yeah. for the, your program and this discussion because I'm going to look into it with the, with them directly and and find mm -hmm. out. For example, I, it never occurred to me uh, that it's probably not FDIC insured, and I, and I want to find out what kind of protection I do have. So yeah. So thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call, William. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Got a few minutes left. We can get some uh, quick answers on these uh, final things, some specialty CDs. I know earlier we talked about the jumbo CD. Uh, Ryder, what's a bump-up CD? Um, so I did see that, uh, this, this, this list of terms. Um, I'm not 100% sure on all of these, uh, but a bump-up, that generally indicates that they may raise the rate. So, for instance, you get a five-year CD, and, you know, two years down the line, they're offering much higher interest rates on a three-year CD because your CD would now be due in three years. They may uh, bump your interest rate up. Uh, we had a question offline. Um, how do you know if your financial institution is uh, FDIC? Nancy? Well, you ask. You ask. And um, any reputable bank out there, if they have an online presence, which most do now, even online banks, it will be very prominently displayed that this is FDIC insurance uh, that they carry. And uh, if you don't see it, you can call and ask. All right. Uh, and you can also, I would also say, um, check FDIC.gov. Um, they, that is the uh, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation's website, and they would be able to tell you if that institution is, uh, is insured themselves. All right. Uh, as we say, go through a couple of these other specialty CDs, and some of them seem to be hopefully pretty obvious. Add-on CD, Nancy, maybe that's something where you can add money into the CD once it's right. already established? Right, because most of the time when you purchase a CD, it is locked in. That amount that you put in, that is just, uh, that's it at that point. So an add-on would be, okay, I can bring you more money and add to this if I wanted to. Uh, Ryder, a no-penalty CD, again, would seem like maybe you can take money out without penalty. Generally speaking, yes, uh, because taking money out would be generally the only circumstance which you would have a penalty so not having a penalty is is that's nice uh that would seem to be where maybe wouldn't the interest rate wouldn't be as good because again the bank's losing the money that you're borrowing from them or, or loaning to them 
you're exactly right. Yeah, so any of these, you know, a bump up, an add-on, you know, being able to have your interest rate raised, being able to add more money later, not having a penalty uh, for taking money out, those are all features of a CD which may be valuable to you. And so if it's valuable to you, you may be willing to take less interest in exchange for it. Um, so that's kind of the idea behind all these features, um, which are kind of added bonuses at various places. Uh, what about callable? Any idea what that one would mean? Oh, absolutely. A callable CD is just like any callable bond where the bank can prepay that loan. And, uh, for instance, if interest rates are very high and they've uh, locked in a CD with you at 8%, for instance, uh, that would be a dream rate, wouldn't it? And 8%? Suddenly, well, I, don't, I can't count that high, Nancy. <laughs> and suddenly rates drop then it's to the bank's advantage to go ahead and, and pay off that loan, just like you would refinance your house to go to a lower rate. And so they can then call it. Uh, typically, when they call it, they have to pay you a little sweetener, which we call a call premium, in order to uh, make that prepayment, and then they will turn around and uh, then negotiate for CDs at a lower rate. All right, and, the last and, and one. I want to add, you, you rarely see that, you know, if you're just walking into a bank and getting a CD, a CD account, you rarely see that um, these days. I, I don't, um, but where you see that a lot is, you know, more in the bond market when a corporation is, you know, raising money by selling bonds. And there are some CDs which trade kind of like that. Um, you can buy them in, say, an investment account. Um, it is backed, it is an FDIC-insured thing uh, backed by a regular deposit institution. It's just another place that they go to get that money. But some of those can be callable. All right, that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. For Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.